Episode 13 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on November 14th, 2016. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week, Brian and Chuck from the Bad Feeling Podcast take over the SWOTOR live stream and show off one of the uprisings coming in Knights of the Eternal Throne. Wondering if you should save or spend your crystals or comms? I'll talk about some things you can buy with that currency before it goes away. Finally this week, Eric Musco posted information on class changes happening in Knights of the Eternal Throne. I'll talk about what you can expect from these changes. And with that, it's time to make the jump to Lightspeed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Well, welcome to Episode 13 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. First up, let's review some announcements for the Old Republic. So my upcoming podcast schedule, this is episode 13. Episode 14 normally will, would be on 11-22, November 22nd. I am shooting for that, but I am getting ready to go on a vacation here. So depending on what real life things take up my time, I may or may not get out of podcast uh, that week. I'm really going to try very hard to do that. There definitely will not be a podcast on November the 29th. Yes, I know that's early release. But as I said, I will unfortunately be on vacation. I will do an episode on December the 6th. And of course, I'll talk about my progress and impressions of Knights of the Eternal Throne. So, so good, good things there. Also, I'm expanding. And so last episode, I mentioned that I'd be doing some blogging. I've also decided to begin doing a little bit of streaming and giving that a go. I'm not going to have a regular schedule. At least I don't have one right now. But the plan would be to focus on story chapters, uprisings especially, and of course just me working on my Galactic Command and participating in the Dark versus Light, just playing some very basic aspects of the game, leveling tunes as well. So you can head over to twitch.tv slash podcast to check it out, although there's nothing really to check out other than the site exists. Once Night of the Eternal Throne launches, then that's when I think things will ramp up. I'm still trying to iron out some some bugs and, and glitches. I did a test. Audio was a little uneven. So I may try and do something this week, maybe play through uh, part of one of the class stories or Knights of the Fallen Empire, J- just something. So, And I'm probably going to try and do some videos here and there as well. But really, the, the podcast will be my primary focus. So if it looks like I'm spreading myself too thin, this podcast will get the priority. All right, moving on. Uh, here is the remaining official live stream blog schedule. Uh, November 17th is the next planned live stream for Star Wars The Old Republic. And I believe they said the topic was going to be New Planets and Story Insights with Charles. They've sort of unofficially called it Storytime with Charles. Should be pretty good. I'm actually looking forward to that. And then finally, on November 23rd, the day before Thanksgiving, will be the Knights of the Eternal Throne wrap-up and Q&A. 
And also as a reminder, there are some promotions going on. If you are subscribed on or by November the 27th, you will get the Rapid Recon Walker as an in-game uh, reward. Uh, the time to get Shea Vizla has come and gone. It is too late to get Shea Vizla. It is not too late to get her armor and stick it on a companion and pretend that she's Shea Vizla. So, so feel free to go ahead and do that. And the Dark versus Light event and double XP. So the Dark versus Light, it is rapidly coming to a close. Uh, so as of this podcast, you're listening, listening to this, that means it's, uh, over in terms of which companion reward uh, we're going to receive, although the light side has been winning that for quite some time now, so it looks like that was the 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 outcome there. But that was closing and going to be decided on November the fifteenth, and the event itself will end on November the 29th, as will the double XP event. So, still some time to take advantage of the XP boost, get some more characters ready for Knights of the Eternal Throne, and also. If you're just starting the Dark versus Light event, well, there's still time, I think, to reach the Eternal level. Certainly enough time to get the achievements done, to get the Victorious Pioneer's armor set, which I think is the big reward, really the big, big reward out of this event. So if you've been, you know, just come back to the game or or, or whatever, I, I think there's still time to at least get the Victorious Pioneer's armor set. And if you push yourselves really hard... You could probably get to eternal level and get the companion. So, but log in today and give that a try. So that's all the announcements I have for this week. Let's slice the hollow net and check out the news this week. So as you heard in the opening, Brian and Chuck from the bad feeling, bad feeling podcast staged their own uprising and they took over this world tour live stream where they demonstrated the Hoth uprising in both story and veteran modes. Now, a couple episodes back, I did talk about uprisings in general based off the live stream there. Uh, so here are some additional notes regarding uprisings. They said that it's going to have, well, first of all, it's going to have story mode, right? Veteran mode. And then later on, sometime after launch, they're going to introduce the master mode. So they, they demonstrated both the story mode and the veteran mode. And here's what we kind of learned about veteran mode. It's balanced for gear with augments, and it has lots of unavoidable damage and avoidable damage that can potentially one-shot you. And so it's going to be scaled uh, like a difficult hard mode flashpoint, meaning you're going to need to go in there with a full group. Potentially, you're going to want to have a tank, a healer, and DPS, whereas the story mode is going to be kind of role agnostic, role neutral, if you will. You just can be any four players to be able to go in there and hopefully knock this thing out. It's going to be balanced for rating 240 plus uh, the your, your purple gear. So just to put that in terms of Knights of the Fallen Empire, that's balanced for people with, with gear rating of 220 slash 224s. That, that, so that's how to think of 240 in terms of the current gear. So you're going to want a pretty good, pretty strong set of gear. So you'll need a mix of mid and end game gear. And the idea here is they want you to work on your galactic command. They don't just want you to walk into the veteran on day one and blow the place out of the water. Uh, these uprisings are intended to be short. So the goal is around 15, 30 minutes per uprising. So that's not too bad. I like that. That's very short. Kind of get in and get out and, and have a good time and maybe chain a few of these if you feel like. 
uh, veteran mode is not going to have any extra mechanics and it's just going to be more damage and health points. So nothing, nothing special. So if you understand the uprising on story mode, then really it just comes down to your gear and your skill and the skill of the group as to probably whether or not you're going to succeed in clear veteran mode. There is no solo mode right now. I think it was intended initially they were going to put in a solo mode, but then they decided that this is just better off being group content. That said, you will be able to do it with less than four players and have companions join you. Um, I'm sure that's probably true of all the modes, but I'm going to guess you probably aren't going to be very successful uh, doing a veteran and certainly not master mode uh, with non-players. Although I'm sure some folks will will certainly be willing to try it. Uh, there will be a command point bonus for being in a full group for these uprisings and operations and everything else. And they were saying that uprising should be one of the most efficient ways to get command XP. So that's all the new stuff we learned uh, about, uh, excuse me, uprisings this week. I did watch the live stream, and as I said, they demonstrated the Hoth uprising. And again, there's going to be a few of these um, released when the expansion launches, with more to follow later on. And um, but it looks fun. I'm looking forward to this. This is one of the one of the activities that I'll probably spend a lot of time doing. Certainly, obviously, in story mode, and probably try and spend a bit of time doing these in veteran mode, and and and, and possibly master. We'll just see how how much more difficult that's going to be. Uh, the one they showed was Hoth, and you know, Hoth isn't one of my favorite planets uh in the game i mean it's very iconic i just i just thought overall they did too much with it i mean i love that someone came up with the idea of a starship graveyard before they went ahead and did it in jakku in the force awakens so you know they've actually the planet actually has something that is quote iconically star wars now at this point but i just thought hoth was one of these planets where there was really supposed to be nothing there, completely devoid of life, and then they just sort of made it, felt like they made it into this thriving metropolis. But uh, again, I'm going way off on a tangent there. Um, but Hoth is just one of the ones uh, that will have an uprising. And again, we're not really sure what these are all about, and I'm not sure what people are getting all up in arms about on Hoth. It just seems like it's a big chunk of ice. Might want to just let them be. Anyway, but it, it, one of the nice things about these things, they're going to be story light. They're short, as, as I mentioned, you know, 15 to 30 minutes. So maybe a 20 minute run. So it's, it's an activity that you can just get in, have some fun, get some, uh, galactic command points, get out and, or just maybe run a whole bunch of them. Just play for an hour and run about, you know, three, maybe, maybe four of these, depending on how quickly they go through. So, so that's very cool. I like there's going to be multiple difficulty levels for different types of players. So for those people that just want to go really challenge themselves and see how good they are and see how tough of a, of a, of a boss or set of NPCs they can defeat, there's going to be difficulty modes and then there'll be modes for, you know, other people that just want to go in there and have some fun. It sounds like this is expandable too, so that they can easily add more of these later on. Um, hopefully they'll all have interesting environments and a variety of bosses and enemies i couldn't really you know they just showed one and i couldn't really tell how difficult the mechanics were um with these bosses but hopefully they'll have a, a variety of of different different things and that these aren't too repetitive and it's just more than just oh look it's the same thing but just kind of in a slightly different looking environment so hopefully these will actually be somewhat varied and unique 
But as I was watching this, I couldn't help but wonder if this could actually be a stepping stone to greater group content. And I know a lot of people are, are, are fingers crossed that in January they're going to announce a new operation, right? That's what everyone seems to be, be screaming for. And we all seem to be focused on as far as like group content for PVE, that it needs to be a flashpoint and it needs to be an operation. But I just can't wonder if, if something like this, these uprisings could be expanded maybe for a group of eight. And what I like about it is it, it, it's, it's fast paced. It's, you know, you're not going into uh, an environment and then there's a group of trash on the left and maybe a trash on the right and you're ceasing one stunning this and you're taking them out in an ordered fashion and then slowly working your way uh, to a boss and then you kill the boss and then you go into the next room and you kill some more trash and the trash is usually doesn't have much in the way of interesting mechanics and so forth you know just a just a typical operation I'm just wondering if this could be expanded into groups of eight and be something like battlegrounds if you will prefer for PVE. And what I'm thinking about is something like, for example, the Battle of, of Endor, where you go in there and there's something going on. You've got your fleet. It's in space attacking a space station or, or, or something and it's protected by a shield and you're part of the group that's on the ground. And that's where your ops team is on the ground and the objective is to deactivate the shield. And maybe they could fill it with like timed objectives, waves of enemies versus just, you know, standard trash. Of course, there'd be bosses, but maybe you could get things like power-ups, like hopping in a turret, commandeering a walker, something where the team could be split up and Group A is out in the field holding off enemies while Group B attempts to get into the bunker. And maybe there'd be something where you have to hotwire a door to get in like, like Han tried to do, but it would have a chance of failure. And, you know, if it's if you're successful... It would make things easier if it fails. You have to do things the hard way. Or maybe the whole encounter could be timed and doesn't necessarily, and maybe it doesn't necessarily end in victory, right? You have a certain amount of time to complete all these objectives and you'll get rewarded no matter what. But if you're ultimately successful, you know, you'll get bigger rewards. Otherwise, come back and, and try again. I'm just wondering if there's, if this is perhaps, uh, laying the foundation to build that type of group content. And I don't know. I think it would be fun. I think I would enjoy something like that where, yeah, you know, you could still toss in bosses, but just, just maybe more of a sense of what are we doing here? And it's just more than just trash, more than just bosses, but mixed in with other types of objectives. So I'll be curious to see uh, what becomes of uprisings. And if this is something that they can add more of and hopefully and add more variety to them, variety of NPCs, variety of bosses, variety of different mechanics and, and, and even some objectives and possibly expand that to larger groups of say eight. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, but uprisings definitely very high on the list of things that I will be spending my time doing when Knights of the Eternal Throne launches. So one of the other uh, questions I've seen come up a lot in the last week or so is what to do about comms and people are trying to understand, trying to figure out should they spend them now or just, you know, earn as many as they can and try and, and get the, the credits for when they convert. Well, so let's talk about that right now. So we know that comms, crystals, etc., they're going to be converting to credits, right? But here's the thing. Uh, there's going to be a cap and that cap is going to be 2 million credits. So no matter, so if you're over that limit, you're just going to lose out. You can't earn any more than 2 million credits 
uh, with the conversion. And quite frankly, two million is kind of nothing. I mean, you do do a full set of heroics, and you will earn at least that. And I don't think credits in Knights of the Eternal Throne will be hard to come by because you're going to be doing heroics. You're going to be out doing daily quests now because it's all tied into the Galactic Command. You'll earn credits from doing these uprisings and so forth. So, you know, there's just going to be lots of opportunities for you to earn credits. And then there's crafting where you'll probably be some opportunities as well. So my feeling is you're likely to get better value spending comms and than you are to just hang on and get the two million. And the reason I say that is there are vendors throughout the throughout the, the galaxy, for lack of a better term, that have items that you can purchase with these comps. And those items aren't necessarily going away. They're just not going to cost comms and crystals. They're going to cost credits. And I will be surprised if the price of those items on the vendors matches the conversion rate. Um that they've gotten in place and I, I doubt it and I suspect the prices will be higher so I think if there are items on those vendors that you would like you're going to get better value purchasing them now than if you wait and just get your two million credits and then purchase them for credits so here's what I would recommend spending your your crystals and things on if you go to Odessan in the area near where Hilo Viz is that little smugglers enclave there's a black market vendor, and he's great. He sells decorations, uh, toys, and an armor set. And some of the decorations are nice. I think there's there's a starship. There's one called Koth Shuttle. It's a starship decoration. It goes on a starship hook, and it looks like you know the shuttle that Koth uh, flies around on. And I think you can get that for 50 common crystals, which really isn't that much. And that's something I would imagine would be somewhat expensive when they convert it over when they when they put a credit price on there that they're not going to make that one very cheap whereas 50 common crystals is nothing so and and there's some other great rewards uh, there's like a Zakul knight armor stand and some weapon racks and some staff racks uh, pretty pretty cool stuff there's some toys like a miniature gravestone for example i think there's an eternal fleet battle cruiser you can get and they also have an armor set, which is the Scion armor set. You know, remember if you look at Heskel and the Scions, it's the same robes and everything that they're wearing. And it looks pretty nice. And it's cheap too. I think it's like a five piece set maybe. And each piece costs 30 common crystals. And it's also bind on legacy. So you only need to get one set. You put it in your legacy storage and then, you know, you can, characters can pull it out, create an outfit and put the armor back in there for, for someone else. So you don't even need to have like multiple, lots and lots of sets. You just to buy one set and it's bind on legacy. So that's probably the first place I would recommend hitting up and you'll probably get some very cool items that I think will, will, will be somewhat expensive, uh, come Knights of the Eternal Throne. If you go to the fleet and in the stronghold area, there is a decoration vendor on the fleet and it sells items that have a variety of, of costs. There's some that just go for common data crystals and there's some that will cost you a certain number of radiant glowing and common crystals there's some pretty cool stuff it's i think it's mostly ricotta themed decorations but that's another place to go where you know those items are now going to cost credits and i imagine some of those are going to be quite expensive so depending on on how many how many crystals and comms and things you have you probably get good value there and then the last vendor um I would focus on is the companion gift vendor. And this is also on, this is on Odessan 
and he's very near uh, 2VR8, although I think most people are pretty familiar with this vendor. Now, the developers have stated that the gifts, these companion gifts that you can buy, will be expensive, and it's not intended to be the primary source of you getting companion gifts in Knights of the Eternal Throne, that they will be... Those companion gifts will be dropping from other places, and I think Command Crates was one of them. So the idea here, this was meant to be a very inefficient and expensive way of acquiring companion gifts. So that you might want to stockpile on gifts now, save them, use them for yourself, or you could go ahead and put them up on the GTN, and they sell. They're usually pretty expensive, and they sell pretty well. Um and keep in mind, you could buy a bunch now and wait to sell them after the expansion launches. But keep in mind that once these things have a credit price associated with them, that's going to kind of put a ceiling. It's going to set a ceiling on how much you could reasonably sell them for on the GTN. Yes, you could sell them for higher than they cost on the vendor. But really, please don't do that. Don't be that guy. I mean, you're just ripping people off at that point and taking advantage of the fact that they are they don't know that this vendor exists and they don't know that they can get these gifts uh, for cheaper someplace else. Yes, maybe the guy's just lazy and willing to pay the higher price because they don't feel like traveling there, but it's really not hard to get to. So anyway, not a big fan of people ripping other people off. Don't be that guy. But as I was saying, so we don't know what the credit price is going to be. And you might be able to sell them for more now than you will later. So so that's it. So my recommendation is to probably just go ahead and spend your, your crystals and your comms, get some cool items, get some fun items, and you know, don't worry about the, the two million. Like the two million uh credits you'll get really isn't that much you know you can just sneeze and earn two million credits these days so so that's my recommendation spend 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 all right so final topic for today are class changes and in lieu of a live stream on class changes bar where released posts for each of the classes on the forums and they highlighted the upcoming changes I'm not going to go through each and every change it would take too long and realistically I only play DPS classes and I can barely speak intelligently about them, so I certainly can't comment on tanking in healing classes. I suspect some have been buffed, and some have been nerfed. But the big takeaway here is that classes are remaining mostly intact. None were severely overhauled, which I think is great. I don't think people like it when the developers screw around with their classes, and I'm not just talking about this game. That's true of other MMOs as well. And when there's a major overhaul, people don't really like it all that much. And, you know, so the good news is when you log in, your mercenary is still going to feel like a mercenary. You're pretty much going to understand your rotation and they're, the, the learning curve with the new abilities and things is going to be very small, which I think is a good thing. Uh, and like I said, some abilities have been removed, some added also, each class is receiving some new utilities as well. The two things I've seen come up that players are definitely unhappy about are the removal of flamethrower from the game for, for bounty hunters. And I have to say, I'm a little bit surprised that this is getting removed. I mean, as a mercenary, I don't use it all that much, but 
there are times like extreme AOE situations where I would do like to, to, to pull out the flamethrower. I mean, it is a very sort of iconic ability for the bounty hunter. And I guess my general feeling is this. If there is an animation or an ability that a class has in the game that is based on something we've seen in one of the films, it really ought to be left in the game. And I believe flamethrower is one of those. And, and, and here's the thing about flamethrower too, right? Everybody has this ability called heroic moment and where you get, you know, key abilities from other classes, right? You know, so if you, if you've leveled up all eight classes and everything like that and you've reached a certain point, your heroic moment's crazy and you get all these abilities from, from other classes. Well, one of those abilities is the flamethrower. So I'll be curious to see if that's getting replaced as well or if that's going to, to stick around and be part of heroic moment. I've got a feeling it'll be part of heroic moment. So that would be, and if that's the case, that's going to be kind of strange, right? You've taken it away from the class, but you've left it in this unique ability. So that is going to be strange. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with heroic moment. The other ability that's changing is phase walk. And this is with the Sith Inquisitor. And phase walk is now going to be a sorcerer only ability. So if you play a Sith assassin, you will no longer have phase walk. And I, I, I've, I've read some things, some feedback. So this, this sounds like this might be something that would be worth, uh, kind of reverting and keeping, uh, baseline for the Sith Inquisitor. Cause it does sound like there are some tanks out there who have found pretty good uses for phase walk. So it's, it sounds like this is a, a useful ability and understandably why this would be unpopular. But for now, if it stands, phase walk will only be, um, a sorcerer only ability. Now, one of the things I haven't seen officially announced, but I'm pretty sure is happening, and I've heard other people mention it, is that the base classes are, for lack of a better word, getting removed. And what I mean by that is when you create a brand new character, whether it's a level one or whether you use the token, you will choose your advanced class right then and there. Like I said, I haven't heard anyone officially mention this, but I've I've heard this enough that I... I believe that this is this is going to happen, and I also think it's actually a pretty good change. Um, the way the game is set up now, you hit level ten very very fast, and once you hit level ten, you can open up your discipline window and you can choose your advanced class right then and there. It didn't used to be that way when the game originally launched. Uh, you had to be level ten before you could choose your advanced class, but you also had to go to the fleet and take a quest, which kind of introduced you to the concept of your advanced classes and, right, you'd have that introductory quest and then they'd send you over to your trainer and then you would, they would explain to you what your advanced classes are all about and then that would be the time where you'd be expected to make a decision. And also the way the leveling curve was, chances are you were hitting level 10 just as you were leaving your starting planet. And again, now, as I said, you hit level 10 in about five minutes after you create a new character and you are able to choose your advanced class and take advantage of all that right then and there. So that by the time you get to the fleet, you've most likely made your choice. And so when you get to the fleet and take that quest, I I find it to be more annoying than it is exciting. And especially the bounty hunter one where the two guys just beat the snot out of you, right? That's no longer fun or, or, or as interesting. And I mean, there's a part of me that will be sorry to see if these quests get removed, which it's, a, it's certainly a possibility. But I think the way the game is designed now, 
that no longer really, really fits in. So I think this is probably a, a good change. And along those lines, they are also removing certain abilities from some of these, these base classes. And let me just find it here. So for example, looking at the Sith Inquisitor, one of the, one of their goals was they really wanted to separate the sorcerer as a ranged class from that of the assassin. So in order to accomplish that goal, some of the changes they're making, uh, we talked about phase class being, uh, phase walk being sorcerer only, but also things like crushing darkness, which is a ranged ability that is now being removed from the base class. And that's sorcerer only force lightning is also sorcerer only and thrash, which is a melee ability is now going to be assassin exclusives, right? So there's a lot of stuff that should was just, you got right when you created a, a Sith Inquisitor that really didn't apply to, well, that only applied, I should say, to one advanced class over another. And I always thought that was really awkward, right? You log in, create a Sith Inquisitor. I knew I wanted to be a sorcerer, and yet I'm stuck with some melee abilities right right out of the gate that just, you know, I just tuck away and, and just remove straight away from the from the toolbar. So this should at least eliminate some of the confusion about what should I be doing, you know, if you're a new player and you choose a sorcerer, well, you're, you're not going to be uh, presented with some of these melee abilities and, and things like that. So overall, I think that's a very good thing. So so that's it. That's, those are my, my initial thoughts on the classes, like I said. I don't think there's anything that would have people kind of going up in arms or thinking, you know what, that's it, I'm done, my mercenaries... Five years I've been playing a mercenary. Can't do it anymore. These changes are just too severe. Although the removal of flamethrower is a little bit, a little bit disappointing there. But, but you know what I mean? I don't think there's anything that's going to make you want to just change your main class or whatever or just, just give up on a class entirely. So, so very, very moderate changes overall. And I think that's, that's pretty good. So, so that's it. That's all I've got for this week. Let me go ahead and cue the music here and say that, you know, you've, uh, survived another half hour listening to me ramble on and this has been episode 13 of the state of the old republic podcast i'm your host ted and i do thank you for tuning in you can find this podcast on itunes stitcher google play youtube and buzzsprout you can also listen to the show directly from the show site which is currently sotorpodcast.com and there is an rss feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly if you have a question for the show, you can email me at sotorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at sotorpodcast and be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the podcast. And if you like this show, if you're enjoying it, spread the word. Get the word out there. And if you think there are other friends of yours who you've got out there who would enjoy listening to this podcast, let them know. Spread the word. I've been trying to promote it on Twitter and, and some other places. I've been trying to promote it a little bit. Over at the Swotor subreddit, but they, but also, but you know, they don't like it when you just sit there and say, "Hey, here's my latest episode." They kind of want you to go there and answer some questions and participate in the discussions, which I've been starting to do more and more of. Which I have to say, I don't mind that so much. I mean, uh, you know, especially some of these these newbie questions. Like, I, I'm I'm a little bit surprised at times to see what kind of questions people have, but I don't mind answering those those questions and, and helping people out. You know makes you feel good makes you know and makes you feel like you're 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 turning someone into a better player well that that's it tune in next week for episode 14 and remember the sith code cake is alive